0: Welcome to another episode of that naturopathic podcast. Our David Miller ND here with Michelle And ND, what's up?
1: What's up, everybody?
0: <laughs> we're back. We're back.
1: I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. I forget we're not on video, so people can't get the full effect of my lunacy.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: but I get it. Anyway, um, look, we, we, we're here to talk about, uh, uh, we've got another like sort of herbal spotlight mm-hmm. today. Not super long, yeah. uh, but but really, I hope you know this is really maybe uh, timely for those in the northern hemisphere in the fall. Mm-hmm. But it could be used for other reasons too, right?
1: Totally, but i I've you know I've always viewed this as something for supporting our immune system, supporting cold and flus, supporting and in, supporting infections. So, um, I think the timing of that. Do you for, use it for? I have, yeah, yeah. and like for in certain formulations. In both, right? Yeah. So I've used it in certain immune formulas for myself, yeah. especially in the past when I was working at the big carrot and I was around people who are coming in sick all the time and I need to support my immune system. So like I believe Deep Immune has some Andrographis in it and astragalus as well as some like mushrooms and stuff from and Cassandra from St. Francis Herbs Farm. I think andrographis is in there. Um, but I've used some other formulas that I've had it as well. Um, I've used it for patients as well. I like it. So I, I, I think it's. I, I think, think it's kind of um, badass, but it's mostly immune specific that I'm using it for.
0: Yeah, and I think that's probably generally the way I would. I would use it too. Now that I've had another look at it, I I don't get excited about supplements and herbs very often. Uh, although, <laughs> I am very balanced right now on my sublingual glutathione supplement.
1: You are very excited, that, and like you, you oh, mentioned I, it several times in that recording. <laughs>
0: i'm buying it by the case like it's going it's going here it's and it's it is wonderful but i'm i'm excited to uh here's the thing with andrographis okay so we've got traditional use which is always nice and when traditional use uh from multiple systems of medicine we got tcm and ayurveda both generally using it for very similar things which i'll I'll let you take it away a little bit more on that in a minute but um, um when that then also uh sort of superimposes on its use uh you know, clinically in more modern uh, evaluation from, let's say, a Western perspective, that's nice. And then uh, there's a general, I mean, this this is hard to explain and, and really pretty much impossible to substantiate, but there's a general feeling as a naturopath who has, you know, who has naturopath friends and went to school with naturopaths. So there's a general feeling that Grafis is like, it is one of the gangster shit, ones right it's it's like it's got a a real uh it's got a good um what's the right word it's got a good reputation i, I would say mm. in our in those who know like who are in our sort of line of work yeah including francis ashwagandha i, I think i remember him talking about it too
1: for our sure. good friend.
0: so when you got francis ashwagandha <laughs> a general consensus in the naturopathic community Multiple traditional systems of medicine and pretty hardcore evidence showing it's very uh helpful in upper respiratory tract infections, including dun 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 COVID. We said it. It's Bye. actually being tested a lot in uh yeah. in its use because it's great antiviral capacity. It's been tested HIV. Like it's it's a neat herb.
1: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Take it away, Michelle. I think I think if I remember correctly, in bot medicine class in school, I don't remember if it was paul saunders or if it was um oh my god what was our other teacher god oh how can i forget Godfrey? i was like why am i blanking i could i could i could see his hair though but i couldn't remember the name but one of them i believe it was andrographis either andrographis or astragalus and they titled it the king of the immune herbs and i can't remember which one of it which one of those two it was because they're both immune but one's immunomodulating which is astragalus andrographis mm-hmm. is more immunostimulating so it's not something that you just want to use all the time compared to astragalus which is a little bit more modulatory like echinacea or mushrooms yeah. where it can work with the ebbs and flows and it's not just revving the engine unilaterally and i think of andrographis as more one of those things where i want to rev the engine unilaterally and in a punctuated period of time you know what i mean that's kind of Ooh, how you know what
0: this. that's a really that that's pretty succinct and that's actually you know that's that's what I'm coming to after reading some of the info you've compiled and some studies. That's kind of where I'm at with how I'll probably apply it. Espe- yeah. And and probably especially, um, when there seems to be like heat in in, in traditional medicine, which manifests uh, in more of our Western perspective as inflammation and fever. Yeah. That sort of thing and redness, yeah. like raw redness, inflammation, fever. The yeah. more your your picture is that the more i'm i'm thinking it needs to be uh it needs to be thought about
1: yeah it's pretty awesome so andrographis paniculata it's been used for centuries in like asia in america as well as african contents and uh, african continents and it can grow quite readily in various soils which is why it's like quite well distributed like globally what soils like different types of soils like it can thrive really well it doesn't require very you know Myopic type of climate or soil, or very specific. Like it can just, it's a bit more vast with how it can grow. From what I was looking into, um, one of the things it's also known as is king of bitters, which makes, which immediately made me think of like bitter receptors all through the digestive system, liver, gallbladder, etc. So I'm wondering if there is benefit there. Now I did come across some information about how it can maybe work as like hepatorenal protective, maybe liver enzyme modulating. Maybe a little digestive support, but that doesn't seem to be where a lot of the predominant research is. So I didn't really get much into that. But if it's got a bitterness to it, then I imagine it will have some effect on a positive effect on digestive function, too. Now, a lot of times, like like we've learned, it's like common colds, flus, fevers, infections. Now, I did find a really cool list of things where the whole plant has been sometimes even used in certain areas of the world for like snake bites and insect bite treatment for influenza, for dysentery, respiratory infections and malaria where like the leaf is good for like fever, uh, colic pain, um, digestive issues like irregular stools and diarrhea, ulcers, even hepatitis, fevers, coughs and colds, uh, bronchitis kind of stuff. Aerial parts are very much specific to the common cold. Um, as well as maybe cancer care uh, and urinary tract infections, even hypertension is in that list. And then the root would be more of like a febrifuge, So working for fever specifically. Um, And it's a stomachic and an anti-anthelminic. So working on the digestive system and also purging microbes. So I was like, that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. And from what I read too, it it did seem like, you know, we have to be careful about conflating the whole herb with, one of the components of it yeah um but what's the main component of it it's these all these it's pronunciation of these things is,
1: is yeah and talabni diterpene lactones seems to be what accounts for most of its therapeutic activity but it's not just yeah
0: andrographolides that. maybe that's a bigger uh group like that, whatever my point what i'm trying to say here is it's it seems like at least with this herb looking for something with a standardized amount of andrographolides like at least five percent or yeah. uh, or whatever seems to be uh important because they seem to do a lot of the heavy lifting although i've read some research too saying that uh some of the effects of the whole herb are greater than the effects of just the the uh so i mean it's, yeah. it's one of those where you want to probably make sure you get a standardized dose if or a standardized uh, extract if possible yeah um
1: And if, and if we, if it, it, if it comes down to it, like even when I was listing the whole plant versus the leaf versus the aerial part versus the root, each section alone, each part of the plant still has like a varied array of things that it can address. So it's not one particular molecule in isolation. It's the synergy of the plant based on the part you're using that will have the most predominant effects. And a lot of the studies I was looking at were like isolating a specific part of andrographis, and then looking at that one thing and how it can work on bacteria, or that one thing and how it can work on viruses. And I feel like that's that's helpful to know the active components, but there's also a really beautiful synergy that happens with plant-based medicine. And it's hmm. because of how the lactones work with the flavonoids and work with the polyphenols that work with the trace minerals that work with like the caffeic acid and the, like there's yeah, a the sim- whole
0: is greater than the sum of the that's parts. That's just it. So
1: some of the studies I found a little bit frustrating. So I was like, you're looking at what, like 1% of what this plant is composed of. To- <laughs> but it's a, maybe, it's maybe, a, maybe it's because of pharmaceutical purposes. They want to be able to do extractions. Oh, and I get that. Of but, course. Of course. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's not meant to be you know cynical. That's the reality. You're not going to make any money on angiographis. You're going to make money on a, a extract that a may be helpful. patented extract, yeah. That may be helpful. Or modified, like, you know, uh, like how they took vitamin A and modify it. They took, they're trying to do vitamin D analogs. Like, that's how business works. And I'm not,
1: yeah.
0: you know, saying 100% good or 100% bad. That's Same with it like
1: what, white willow bark for aspirin, but white willow bark doesn't have, it, it's beautiful, it has a herb, but aspirin in isolation is very specific to targeted things right so
0: and i think a lot of this research though michelle is, is a symptom of of the fact like the reason we're sort of having to wade through so many papers on so many different extracts of different parts and blah 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 is because it's a this is a really really heavily researched herb
1: yeah it's actually pretty incredible the amount of research that has gone into it like i ended up finding a meta-analysis and it was like it had so so many articles that it went through just to understand the backing mm-hmm. for andrographis effects which was Pretty awesome, and the interesting that I think that I found too is that there were the results of numerous toxicity evaluations of the extracts and the metabolites isolated from the plant didn't show any significant acute toxicity in any kind of experiments, which was really beautiful yes. too. So good to know. Yeah, for there's people. the
0: traditional use. There's no hesitation in even in a pregnancy, but there it, they if you uh, there was a study probably like a high dose extract of one of them mm-hmm. showing abortifacient. Um so you know like anything we're going to be extra careful but it looks right. like in traditional medicine they don't have any issue with that and they're probably using you know um not as high uh concentration of particular components of a herb rather they're using the herb I think in you know in general it looks like the leaf aerial parts are the most commonly used it's yeah. it, there was no real consensus but it because what they're looking for a lot of the time are those andrographolides that I was talking about so if yeah. you can get them from the stem or the leaf or what, they don't really care as long as you're getting a, a good amount of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that may be relevant when you're looking at, you know, what, what angiographs you, you look for, probably the, the leaf or aerial parts. Would probably be what yeah. I, look for.
1: I mean, when I've used this traditionally, it's been, for people with the common cold or people who have a more difficult time getting over viral infections or just infections in general when they get really sick. I know that there is a formula that we use in my Georgetown clinic. and My clinic uh, owner was saying she'll often use it even with like Lyme's disease patients. And it does include andrographis in the formulation um, to help with like some of the more tougher co-infections. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it can be Brought in and out for for different reasons, um and it's not just for the common cold, but there is a lot of research for the common cold, and I want to just talk about that because it is an immunostimulant. It can stimulate your antibodies. It can stimulate non-specific immune response, so like macrophages and ph- ph- phagocytosis, proliferation, even of splenic lymph- uh, lymphocytosis as well. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. and there was. Um, some studies that like there were some like i saw from the meta analysis there was like a bunch of smaller studies that they punctuated um but andrographis led to an increase in T cells as well as other immune cells, also improving various inflammatory markers. Um, There's also a study that found it can increase your neutrophils and your total white blood cell count, which is a huge part of your immune system. And if you're looking at your standard lab work, you can see those numbers on standard lab work. And there's a lot of, there's great success with reducing the severity um, of symptoms and improving the resolution of symptoms of a lot of uncomplicated upper respiratory tract infections like the common cold. So some of the symptoms they found a significant shift in compared to placebo with like these placebo control trials was like headaches, fatigue, sore throat, nasal secretions, phlegm, the frequency and intensity of coughs, sleeplessness, like body aches, all those kinds of things um, were significantly better than placebo. And one study even showed a 52% greater improvement in symptoms by taking andrographis versus the placebo controlled group which is a really nice statistics to follow.
0: Yeah, I saw that and and I would say, you know, just unsubstantiated, you know, uh claims by me. There, <laughs> there there's a it's there's a consensus. This stuff is very helpful for immunostimulation and it's just like you actually said it probably more eloquently and succinctly it's when you're when you think there's an immune boost needed the evidence is not it's it's not equivocal it's 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 very good evidence and Mm -hmm. you don't get that very what you know i'm thinking back some of the stuff we've looked at they'll say oh yeah mostly it's good sometimes no it's it's pretty much across the board um this stuff is an immuno uh, tonic, I mean, or not, no immune stimulant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not, it's, I don't think it's, uh, really in dispute. No, which,
1: not which based on, not even for, based like
0: I'm a doubter. I'm a type six on the Enneagram. I'm always troubleshooting and doubting. I don't really have that feeling with this one.
1: No, um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a tried and true type of remedy when you need to rev the engine on the immune system. What Absolutely. I don't,
0: what, what I'm interested in is is you know because like you said we've sort of pigeonholed it as an immune kind of stimulant it's probably doing other things i think the more your immune system needs heat clearing from a traditional perspective the more it it probably Mm. is is helpful too because you know that those looking at immune balances and my neutrophils and my lymphocytes my th1 and my th2 it's like wow man like how do you really try and balance that it's sort of like when i have gut people with gut issues i i don't necessarily look at what bugs are in a SIBO test i go are you constipated or did you have diarrhea like you, you sometimes go back to the bigger picture stuff and that's mm-hmm. that's where i would i would go with this but i'm i'm actually wondering like you said because of how bitter it is and a lot of the adverse effects that i saw uh there's not that many but there's some they have a lot to do with the stomach i wonder how this actually again i'm wondering about the stomach actually i'll just say it right now i think a lot of the way in which we see clinical benefits of traditional and and medicines in general, uh have to do with their effects on the stomach uh directly, and then ancillary to the stomach effects. But that's just, I'm just I think I intestinal tract. I got a podcast, I but, got a but, podcast but... so I can say I can say things, and I might be wrong, guys, but I do think this has an effect on upper GI because you said liver is one of the key areas. Yeah. So liver stomach, this this upper GI <laughs> is the critical piece. Uh, I think for the way medicines work in general.
1: I will take it a step further, since seventy so, percent of our immune system is in the intestinal tract.
0: Yeah, that and is also I'll likely having to, a,
1: a, 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 a also an effect there, because bitter receptors throughout the our, entire GI system, right? So,
0: and I'll add to this as a conversation. Conversations are great. I'll add to that. Where did all the input of the uh, that seventy percent of the immune system in the small intestine that you talked about? Where did all the all the input hardware for that come from the upper GI. Mm -hmm. So we've got an initial process in a linear system. Sorry. I love, I love complex adaptive systems. Holism, that stuff is wild, but there's some linearity here, folks. I'm going to, I'm going to bore the holistic thinkers maybe, but if you don't get the first step, right, if things are not transformed and, and, and processed properly in the stomach and that goes for food. And we know that, which is why I use betaine HCL with almost every damn patient and almost every damn one gets some, improvement if we don't process and transform herbs properly i argue then they don't work uh in the uh subsequent steps as well wow well
1: that's also why but also we have bitter bitter taste receptors and then with herbal medicine too but no on the tongue so the thing is is, yeah and
0: throughout the whole gut which is surprising
1: right but i want to say something very specific so stop cutting me off dave
0: cut up dave (laughs)
1: We have bitter receptors on the tongue. And I remember listening to a botanist back in the day and he was like, you can use a herbal medicine, but your body starts to get a muscle memory. And when it starts to get the taste, it starts to send signals already through your system before it even gets absorbed because the, the bitterness yes. tastes on your tongue. So that's also where I would... Argue to use things like tinctures, and yes, my my clients complain and they come back. This tastes like dirty mud water, or it's worse than Jägermeister, which most of them are, or it's like this weird sludge. I'm kind of like tough love, but we're going to keep doing it because you're getting additional benefits. Your body's now starting to learn what to do, and then there was the key. And the thing is, is. Uh, this, this botanist was saying that eventually sometimes you can only, you only have to take a small amount to start to send the effect through the body because now the body's bitter receptors already have this memory of what to do with that taste. And it starts to send the signals out through that, which I haven't looked into further, but he was very adamant about this as a botanist. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. If you don't have to use as much at like, the second time around or the third time you have to like stimulate your system, like with a, with a subsequent infection or something like that. Once it understands what to do with that message, it's more proficient. So yeah, the mouth, I thought that was interesting.
0: The mouth and taste prepare things for the stomach.
1: And that's just like it, your stomach.
0: Right? Your stomach will, will prepare the, the oven according to what it's cooking and, <clears throat> and taste will help your stomach. That's why, you know, in, in Chinese medicine, the mouth is the opening to the stomach, right? So, yeah. So that's interesting. I, and I think what you said, the key part from, well, from my bias perspective was um, when you said um, uh, it's like a bonus. Like I, I, I have like a ginger and gentian capsule by a wise woman, woman herbals for people mm. who just can't do the taste. So, because like I was saying, there are bitter receptors throughout the digestive tract. It's crazy. I remember learning about that and that seems weird, but there are, I just think it's better if you get yeah. it, if you have to taste it, it's it's doing something that's better. It's not like it's useless, but it's probably better if you have to taste a crappy taste.
1: I think it takes the effects up a notch, turns the volume yeah, yeah, up yeah. a little bit on on the effectiveness of that medicine and maybe the 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 quickening of the speed of that medicine as well. Um, so anyways, I just a little something about that. But when I was looking into this too, it's not just that rgrafus stimulates the immune system. It also has some very specific antimicrobial properties. So, um, lab studies have shown that it is effective against various parasites. Hello, my, the love of my lives. Um, mm-hmm. well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. Um, so, things like giant roundworms um, and even things like malaria, it's been very helpful for. But there are some antimicrobial or antibacterial properties, like it's been effective against E. coli, Pseudomonas arginosa, Staphylococcus aureus, Streptococcus pyrogenes. Um, it has some antifungal effects against Candida. But then the interesting stuff is when it starts to come to the viral research. Um, it can and it has been found to target viral replication. It has been found to target the transcription of viruses within our cellular structure. It has been um, shown to have a host cell recognition as well. So this is where I think in the last several years, it's peaked interest for COVID, as you were mentioning. And you found a ton of studies that further looked into this, which is just to further support the validity behind its antiviral effects
0: yeah it's amazing i mean and it's also amazing that you're allowed to publish anything like that now which is uh, i mean after
1: the fact sure
0: yeah but it's you know there you know i I, someone i know has covid you know it's like it's it's gonna be there so it might not be a bad thing to to know about too i saw there was a study here um significant uh effect on c reactive protein and interleukin 6 which makes sense because interleukin 6 is what's related to um C reactive protein after 14 days treatment additionally improvement in d dimer mm.
1: uh, which i believe
0: they look at as one one of the, the uh, clotting
1: factor with yeah, uh, it, yeah with with, with a lot of the yep
0: and esr uh so so these esr and crp are my are my two sort of negotiable um inflammatory markers that i look at in all my new patients so again a, a sort of like western correlate in terms of like so whatever clinical sciences cs uh, crp and esr reflecting heat in chinese medicine and and uh-huh. heat in in uh i don't know the correlate for ayurveda but basically like heat and and sort of yeah. fever and inflammation. yeah i don't i
1: don't know what dosha that one is i don't know i don't know
0: where, I i'm not even gonna pretend to know it
1: Nope.
0: um but but tcm Francis is what would. we learned yeah, of course, Francis Asheragon. Did we talk about anyone more than Francis? God,
1: I hope he listens to this podcast I one day so and hears the shout-outs we give him.
0: I hope he still works at the. <laughs> he's not. He he's at... not
1: there anymore. No, he's not there okay. anymore. He left before I left, so he went to go live in a totally different country and live off the land. Which and nowadays, back then, me. I thought it was crazy, but now I'm kind of like, I get you. Oh, so get yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so what do you um so, so antiviral antimicrobial uh, immune stimulant, it looked like it had uh, humoral and innate immune uh, uh, benefits. Um, and what else did I see here? Um, I looked at Pizorno and Murray's textbook of natural medicine just to see what Pizorno and Murray said about it. And they they said they said it has tremendous effectiveness in inhibiting common uh, bacterial infections. Then they call it almost a herbal antibiotic. Well, that's That's pretty high praise, I would say.
1: I feel like that's a pretty sound praise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To me, take it, take it away. Take it Um, away. So there is, well, it was my suggestion, but it's, it belongs to mother nature. It's not my baby. (laughs) So um, there's also a little bit of stuff around arthritic support um, with rheumatoid arthritis, that they would show a decrease in swelling and some tenderness in the joints. Although I did come across some articles that were saying it doesn't necessarily affect the pain per se. And then other things were saying it did reduce pain, but specifically in osteoarthritis, but tenderness and rheumatoid arthritis. But I think what it does, it really reduces like the swelling, the stiffness, and like the fatigue that might happen with chronic inflammation in a joint. Um, so that was pretty interesting. And like you were touching on earlier today, how it can reduce inflammatory mediators like interleukin six, as well as TNF alpha. And it also some press, some key signaling pathways of inflammatory cytokines as well. Um, and that's where some of its anti-inflammatory effects are going to come in. And as we know, when your body has to fight an infection or if your immune system comes, comes into having to like, charge in to take care of something inflammation is just a natural byproduct of your immune system's activity so to have some anti-inflammatory effects as well as an immunostimulating effects is is a nice package when it comes to how this supports your body in those moments mm-hmm. rather than it's being hard... very just like linear about what it does and only having one one avenue of what it does it kind of does Yeah cuz
0: yeah that's that's important i was just thinking about what you're what you're talking about there like how you do want some inflammation, uh, you know, when you're fighting something, but you don't want too much. It's kind of like, um, fever. Like you probably want some, but you don't want to be like boiling your brain. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I'm going to come back to the same thing. I hope it, I hope it hammers home is that the more there's a heat picture, I think the more this, this stuff really presents itself as a, as a, as a real viable option, either as a, a patient or as a clinician. And I was just going to ask you just on the spot, um, because of the arthritis uh, info that you that you showed there, what what kind of arthritis would you think uh, you'd be using it for? If you could pick, like, because there's different kinds of arthritis, right? There's like fibromyalgia type muscular pain, and then there's mm-hmm. like juvenile arthritis, autoimmunity, and then there's you know. So what what are you thinking? Like, I I was wondering what kind of arthritis or joint issues you might be thinking it fits for.
1: I would probably take it a step more broad because it's not something that I would want to stimulate the immune system too long. I would probably use it more succinctly if, if there was a low grade infection or microbial issues that was contributing to the inflammation, I would be using it in those moments, but I wouldn't just be using it long term for joint pain. Like I wouldn't be using it like I use turmeric for joint pain or Boswellia for joint pain. Right. So I think it would be more specific to the preliminary activity as to what finding the root cause of the inflammation. And if there's some kind of stealth pathogen or microbial burden, then I, and I needed the immune system to be in charge, then I would work with it in that moment but I wouldn't use it long-term for joint pain.
0: Neat. That's exactly what I was thinking. Especially if we had any sort of inclination that there was a uh, lipopolysaccharide or or infection-related arthritis that's hot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And also because of autoimmune conditions and a lot of... like like these arthritic types of things are autoimmune. We want to be careful with immunostimulation. Although I think there's some stuff to show that this might be okay in autoimmune conditions, but I can't say unequivocally. So don't quote me on that guys. Um, but I think that's also where you want to proceed with caution with autoimmune conditions. You don't want to rev the engine too far in one direction or the other. So that's where I typically stick to like immunomodulary things too.
0: And yeah, yeah, I, you're, you, you did exactly what I was hoping you would do. And, and uh, either we're both wrong or it's cool um what what i was thinking is i would probably use it pulsed if i was going to do it i would do pulsed dosing probably like you know hit someone hard with it for a bit and just sort of see what it you know did yeah. it jog things the right way yeah. or did it jog things in a in a bad way and unfortunately that's what you you have to do in clinical practice sometimes
1: yeah it would definitely be more like punctuated moments of using it yes. rather than just yeah for sure Um, The last thing that I seemed to find some interesting insights on is its ability with cancer, which is super cool. Um, So my studies uh, have shown great ability that uh, it's great ability to reduce tumor uh, size and cancer metastasis alongside chemotherapy. So, versus just chemo alone when we paired the two together the effects of chemo was enhanced but also there was greater immune health benefits in addition to that so then you leave the body with a little mm. bit more vitality and strength through those chemotherapy treatments according to this it was a mouse study so i can't say unequivocally it'll be the same way through humans so please work with someone who knows what they're doing uh to help you navigate those waters please don't take this upon yourself um but it's it seems to have an effect on like a good a good array of different types of cancers so there was like colorectal cancer skin cancers certain breast cancers uh lung tumors lung cancers like it kind of had a good gamut of different types of, uh, and I think I even read some are leukemia. So it's not just specific to one type of cancer tumor metastasis, but, um, there was a study that noted that it can enhance also cytotoxicity against cancer cells, um, and thereby directly inhibit cancer cell growth, which is really great.
0: Yeah. If it shapes up your TH1 sort of precision, yeah. which, you know, would account for a lot of the antiviral and then perhaps some of the anti-cancer or cancer supportive or whatever the right terminology is. Um, yeah, it's it's a wild herb.
1: Yeah. For now, awesome. my
0: comfort my comfort level will be definitely uh, upper respiratory tract infections and immunostimulant stimulant uh, when needed and yeah. p- perhaps pulsed uh, pulsed efforts in some forms of uh, arthritis where I, I su- suspect some uh, microbial burden.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be for me, it'll still be the same. It'll still be, you know, cold and flu support Mm -hmm. infection, but also like those tough infections, infection support. And like I said, I've given it for some people where we feel like they need an extra push and we're doing the antimicrobials, but their immune system needs to be like reinvigorated because, you know, their garbage that they're carrying is quite pervasive. So this would come into play for those types of moments as well.
0: Well, well, now I have to go look for where to get uh, angiographis. I know AOR has it, but I'll I'll, I'll be looking.
1: Uh, yeah, in capsule form. But it. maybe you're going to want to get it in a tincture so you can get those better receptors stimulated, sir.
0: Yeah, you know what? I'm just going to be straight up here. It's rare that I use tinctures um, because most people are wimps about taste. And that's just the truth. At least the people I...
1: I get it. I get it. But I have various formulations that I use for like parasitic stuff and I have to oscillate them and I will, I will challenge my yeah. clients to just get it. And I'm better. like, I'm, so- and I'll just be like, I'm sorry how this tastes just pretend, you do- just pretend you're doing shots of Jagger every morning and every night. It's mm-hmm. like party, it's party mm-hmm. guys. Um, So it sucks, but that's part of medicinal, be that's part of bot med. That's part of bot med is the taste, the smell, you know the synergy of how things are working together. Um, so I challenge my clients to do that, but then I, I don't use it for everything, but there are very specific things that I use in tincture form.
0: Yeah. I'll have the tincture for the people who are really sick or really motivated. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause the average Joe. Oh
1: tincture. yeah. I get a, I get a lot of pushback on those tinctures. They come back and they're like, what was that? I was like, guess what? You yeah. get to do another bottle. They're like, God, Dr. Popega. And I was like, yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they are I better like I, I agree with you they're better and and if needed um uh, do them but um I think it'll still be good in in capsule or tableted form
1: yeah I am and- it'll still it'll still have amazing effect that's that's yeah. not that's not to uh undermine the capsule forms um for sure I have some that have it uh, andrographis in the formulations and capsule forms with you know a bunch of other herbs in synergy too so it's not without its value that way either 100 percent.
0: so anything else for the king of bitters
1: i don't think so i think that was pretty good it was a nice refresher on this mm-hmm. too i kind of like these moments where we're kind of reinvigorates my appreciation of what we do and the tools that we have yeah yeah
0: no i i think that was some good uh that was some good learnings for me too okay all right we'll talk to you next week
1: see yeah. ya